podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Well, as we enter into our, is this fourth, fifth? Craig here, I don't know if you've lost count, but um, our quarantine podcast continue. Uh, we've kept the same format because uh, I really enjoyed speaking to John Bruin and, and Gareth Dobson. Um, the first two music ones were great. We kind of slide on to TV and film. Uh, covering some of the greats from uh, Escape to Victory to Gregory's Girl to uh, some in between. So uh, please do enjoy and uh, uh, yeah, and stay with us. All right, welcome to the Whistleblowers. We are back for our fourth quarantined episode. Um, uh, we'll con- we're continuing on the same theme because it's thoroughly enjoyable and uh, it's it's our podcast and so we do what we want. Um, and we touched upon football appearing in an on-screen uh, off the back of our two music chats, which uh, which were great, uh, which we had uh, the guests that have continued to join us uh, this evening. So um, great to have you on, uh, John Bruin. Hello, Martin. Hello, Gareth. Who's Pleasure to have you back. And are you spoiled the surprise? Yes. Um, uh, the second regular uh, and uh, whistleblower um, regular, uh, Gareth Dobson. Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, good. Um, it's... I mean, this is dragging, isn't it? <laughs> I thought it'd be over by now, but you know, yeah, yeah. A lot of time to watch a lot of uh, uh, football films. <laughs> John, how are you getting on over there? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, yeah, today feels like a bit of a drag day. Yeah, like uh, I've been all right for quite a while actually. It's, it, it's, <laughs> I was just—I don't know if you saw that. It's nearly six weeks since I actually saw anybody. So uh, it, it's <laughs> it, it, it's getting a bit much at this point, but um, hopefully six weeks is over halfway. But we, we don't know, do we? It's a fair comment. I um, I saw a tweet today which said that Eric Dyer climbing into the stand was last month. Can you believe that, Gareth? No, really? Yeah. Oh Just my goodness! Go- I was at that game, and uh, I mean, it was. It was such a tedious and awful game. I, I think I walked away from stadium and going, I, I'd be happy to take a break from football. But <laughs> what, I'm not, in retrospect, that, no, apparently I wasn't. I wasn't ready for a football break. You cursed us. You cursed us with this. I know. But apparently um, there's a very high chance of uh, the German league, the Bundesliga, starting again on May the 9th. And I've never been so excited at the idea of watching German league football. <laughs> wow. Wow, is there any way we can do it uh, responsibly social distancing? <laughs> can, we, can they put it on some massive projector that we can all watch it on? Oh yeah, and I'm also looking forward to guessing on uh, the whistleblowers. <laughs> the whistle tooting. Um, <laughs> we uh, <laughs> listen. I, I, yeah, any sort of football would be glorious right now. I'm just, you know. Um, Quite right. So uh, well, let's no further ado. We'll, we'll go into uh, the, the kind of football we can watch on the on the screen. So last week we touched on um, the glorious Green Street um, to the, the the slightly more highbrow Zidane video uh, film. Sorry, with with Mogwai soundtrack. And um, keeping up with that theme, um, I suppose some other famous appearances in, and let's start. Let's let's go right back to maybe the inception and one that did it. In an interesting way, have you are you guys familiar with Escape to Victory? Yes, I've, I've only seen it ten times, so <laughs> I'd say I'm pretty familiar with it. Yeah, perfect, right? But now, uh, give me give me give me an overview, John, because in terms of, and I don't necessarily mean in plot, because the plot is as ridiculous as some of the football. But when you actually watch it as a football fan, it's strangely exhilarating, isn't it? It is. Um, the film's actually directed by John Huston, who is a true Hollywood great. Uh, you know, you're thinking of the African Queen and so on. Um, it's towards the end of Houston's life that he, he made that film. Um, and it wouldn't be regarded as a, a cinematic classic at all, except for certain people of a certain age uh, and a certain demographic. And that includes us three here. Uh, it, it is a classic of sorts. Um I, I think I think one of the things you have to say about films, right? There's films that are based around football, and there's films where football is an adjunct to it, and it works. And this is a, in the latter category, really. Okay, it is centered around a football team, but actually, it's a classic escape uh, war film thing. Um, 
featuring all the tropes, which is, funny enough, uh, Sly Stallone is in it, and he pretty much plays the Steve McQueen character from The Great Escape. Um, and then you have various sort of stiff upper-lipped Brits, uh, and they're led actually by Michael Caine, who plays Michael Caine. And um, <laughs> it's, it, 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 yeah, it's, it's a faintly ludicrous escape um, thing of, uh, well, it's German propaganda, isn't it? Uh, and it's German propaganda against the spirit of our brave boys who are in a prison of war camp, uh, and they end up end up um, they end, end up engendering the spirit or, or encouraging the spirit of the French in some sort of resistance movement, and there's a load of escape fantasies and some fairly unrealistic. Um, Sequences of football, and but it features Pele, uh, Bobby Moore, Ozzy Ardiles, um, John Walk, John Walk, uh, Kevin O'Callaghan, who I think actually was a winger, yet plays the goalkeeper that gets his arm broken, which is great. Um, now, one of the things I enjoyed about this was uh, I remember reading this was that obviously there's a few Ipswich players involved there. I think Kevin Beatty might have been one. I, I, I might be wrong about that, but. Um, was that Alan Brazil was at Ipswich at the time and he was invited to go on it, uh, but he chose not to because I think the film is filmed, so I think it's filmed out in Hungary and he didn't bother. But the thought of Alan Brazil in that film would have been, would have made <laughs> even better. Uh, Alan Brazil was a much thinner man back in those days. How, how can you make it, how can you make Escape to Victory even better? Alan Brazil is yes, the answer exactly. to that question. I um, I, I love the way you, you glossed over the fact that um, it's like, well, football is just kind of adjunct to the rest of the story, although you have a Brazilian, an Argentinian, um, and perhaps an American in there that, uh, well, I suppose Slice Stallone wasn't in there for his football ability, but the um, the, the Ozio Diles, uh, like from other films, from other war films, you'd have given them a few digs first. Do you know what I mean? I'd have at least certainly given him Pele a dead leg uh, before letting him have the chance to play against me. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 the film, is, the film is ludicrous. I, I remember <laughs> the thing is, it, it gets better with every watch. When I first watched it, I'd probably be, <laughs> you know, a ten-year-old boy and thinking, "This isn't very good, is it?" You know, and, and I, I didn't have particularly. Uh, uh, intense critical faculties at that time but the more you watch it the more it it baits you in a sort of warm nostalgia for that time when okay i think it's made in 1980 now in around 1980 um as far as as far as the british media was concerned we were still fighting world war ii uh whenever you switched on the television at the time there was a film or a TV programme about the war, you have to go further down the EPG to find it these days. It's still about. But um, it, 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 until about 19... Well, until the fall of the Berlin Wall, it felt like we were still fighting the Second World War. And this film was just part of it. It, it felt like we were still living in the 40s. And this <laughs> is in a proud tradition of, of that type of film. Gareth, have you seen? Um, well, sadly... Only fifteen to twenty times. Uh, it's, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a great film. It, it's it's an Easter Bank Holiday Monday classic. Uh, <laughs> yes, kind of. Yeah, the perfect way to sort of describe it. It, it goes along nicely. It, it's it feels cinematic enough to feel like a real movie. Um, yeah. It's and 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 quite an underrated soundtrack as well. The 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 main theme is is very memorable and you know is again very much a you know has real kind of uh, nods to um, other war film uh, anthems, but uh, there is a thrill, like, so, um, yeah, it wasn't, you didn't see footage of Pele and Ozzy Ardiles that often, you know, obviously this was before we had the internet and anything else, so there was something still quite thrilling about seeing these these world superstars on the screen, you know, doing, you know, in Pele's case, the overhead kick and Ozzy Ardiles did the the sombrero where you you, know, you flick it up from behind you over the uh, over your head and run on and uh, you know Pele gets to play the sort of in game hero where essentially his ribs are broken by the you know the dirty German war midfielder um, 
and you know he, he he's about to be subbed off and he's like, coach coach let me play i can play you know while <laughs> his ribs and you know he's a passenger for the entire game until he scores the glorious uh overhead kick and uh what, what was quite i, I know it's particularly sort of interestingly english element to it is that you know uh people always assume that the the allies team won but they didn't they i i believe it was a draw yeah um, uh yeah uh, the other exciting flashpoint is when sylvester Stallone uh, saves the penalty um you know which a month that, earlier being that, sorry uh, that, that's pretty much signposted from the minute he decides he's going to play in goal oh yeah uh, yeah you know <laughs> what 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 heroics is Sly going to pull off at this point um it, yeah it, it's it's an absolutely ridiculous film uh i think john houston was drinking a lot at this point um it, <laughs> yeah but I, I, as you as you say though uh, but 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 michael kane um michael kane how old do you think michael kane is supposed to be in this film it's sort of because uh, he's supposed to be sort of an ex-player but he he seems to be carrying a bit, doesn't he, when he's when he's playing? It, it's it's um, it's that, well, this. Well, listen, I wanted to I wanted to bring you back onto that. You said nineteen eighty, so the Ipswich, I Ipswich won the UEFA Cup by this point. Uh, no, they won it. Uh, they won it um, the following year. They've won the FA ah. Cup in seventy eight. So this was a you know the, the the best Ipswich team of all time. Yeah, this well, this is the thing. So. Randomly, when I was playing for Torquay, uh, we used to train on the race course in the middle of the race course, which is exactly as it sounds, just completely exposed, horrific surface. Um, you know, you probably wouldn't walk the horses through the middle of the, the, the race course, let alone let us train on it. And um, so Leroy was senior would take these sessions and he'd very often be sat in uh, the chairman's Range Rover just smoking rollies, looking at us going like, I don't. It was almost like one of these scenes from a like, a can I be bothered sort of thing. Um, uh, not because we were bad, just because it was like it was pointless training on this. Anyway, one day I think we were just shipping in loads of goals at the back, and he turns up. He turned up with um, this guy, and we were all like, "Who's that guy?" I, rec- I vaguely recognised this guy, and he was coming over. He was like in coach's gear, and it was Russell Osman, right? Wow! And and he brought Russell Osman as like. He was a centre half, obviously, no nonsense, absolute, you know, fucking brilliant. To play at the top level for many, many years, won the UEFA Cup with Ipswich. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he came and took a session. And the best bit was Leroy was like, "Yeah, you," as if we recognised him from his player manager role at Bristol City. And I'm like, "This fucking centre half from Escape to Victory." He's like, <laughs> I don't remember him from anything else. I mean. And then obviously everyone's just like and half our lads are just kind of. It was just quite a fun. It was quite a fun training place, and and you could tell by the amount of goals we shipped. But uh, Russell Osman came and trained us for a couple of weeks, and it was brilliant. He was a really good defensive coach, um, but just had this kind of endearing mess uh, image of him, like going, "This is how I remember you, Russell." Yeah, well, played alongside Bobby Moore in the uh, in that sort of. That sort of athletic stadium which hosts hosts the game. Uh, which, oh, is that where it was? Well, no, I presume that's somewhere in Hungary yeah, where as well. Is? But um, you know, I don't know where it was. That game. Yeah. I was trying to think. I was going to look into it, but I didn't. I thought one of you might know. Yeah, yeah, um, and of course, slide. There's a sort of he has some uh, romance, doesn't he, with that member of the French Resistance? Uh, you know, which is pretty the love good. interest. Yeah, which is pretty good work considering that he's you know. Uh, that he's been, he's, he's on the run, uh, <laughs> and he has to, he has to be a footballer as well. Um, yeah, this is this is made, of course, at a time when Sly was the biggest star in the world. Actually, you would have said around that point. He was, is this Rambo? Is this Rambo time? Uh, no, you, you're coming off Rocky, uh, Rocky, and then up to Rocky Two, um, and then yeah, but around the time, probably around the time of First Blood. Um, which obviously wasn't as big as Rambo, but it was actually sort of reasonably acclaimed film, whereas Rambo, which is First Blood Part 2, is utterly ridiculous. And um, here's a question. Have Sly actually made a good film since then? And I'd struggle to come up with one. Uh, maybe Gareth knows the answer to that one. Uh, Copland. Copland, yeah. Super. 
Yeah. And wasn't oh, that... And Rocky IV, the best Rocky. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's 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 a classic, but it, it again, it's it, like Escape to Victory, it, it is no uh, piece of cinematic... Uh, no genius, is it? Cliffhanger. It's no. It's no cliffhanger. <laughs> no. Or stop, or my mum will shoot. Um, <laughs> uh, very quickly. So uh, it was filmed in uh, the Hungaria Kurutai Stadium right. in Budapest, and right. uh, portraying the Racing Club de France uh, Stadium. Ah, what it was meant to be, but yeah, it was filmed out in the in Budapest. Nazi mainstay. Good too. Hungary being one of the, the homes of modern football as well. Yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I guess one of the, you know, almost the reason why we, we start and we linger on Escape to Victory. So it's the 40th anniversary of that film uh, next year. Oh, and lovely, Gareth. Lovely little data point there. There you go. And, 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 and it's probably still in your top four or five, you know, uh, movies that feature football prominently. It's not. It's not a glorious uh, leaderboard. Uh, where would you take it? Where would you take us from here? Because I, I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. Because I think I like the fact that it is almost. It's got the most football action, say choreographed, yeah. because we realise how shit actors are looking convincing but playing it, football. It actually looks okay because of yeah. the, because of the director. Obviously, the director was good, um, and I think if you if you take it back to being football in the 1940s. It's easier to make it look realistic than it would be to try and run a sort of Premier League game or World Cup game now and try and imitate yeah. that. That is that is one of the reasons why football doesn't work, particularly in is is that it's almost impossible to to recreate and sport in general it, it, it is very difficult to recreate in films. Um, when you think of the best films in featuring sport, which I don't know what would that be. Something like any given a raging bull, maybe, or a, yeah, 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 any given Sunday, uh, or uh, this sporting life with Richard Harris from the 1960s or whatever. Like, it, a lot again, of great baseball films, Tin Cup, yeah, <laughs> but it's it, it, it's it, it's stuff where it, they're in the sport, but the sport actually doesn't play that big a part in it. I mean, you know, it, it's it, it's very difficult to the, the thing is. Right, sport. It, sport has a beginning, middle, and an end in itself. You see, and uh, Hollywood films, in particular, always want to end uh, on a certain note, which is you know victory for the heroes or whatever. Um, so you can't really make a film about football because you know it's just going to end up with them winning. Whereas football itself uh, is very difficult to write. I mean, so Gareth here is a, a Tottenham fan. Uh, the game against Ajax uh, last season. You know, uh, Lucas Moura's goal, that's sort of beyond the ken of a, of yes. a Hollywood screenwriter. Is You're it right. To recreate so that it, it, it never really transfers. So that so the best films made about sport are ones where, again, as I said, it's an adjunct to it and it's sort of, it's either based around it and it doesn't really show it. It just sort of it inhabits that world without trying to recreate it. Because there's a couple, I mean, Disney, who I used to work for, made those gold films, which made yeah. the disastrous um, decisions to try and recreate quite a lot of the football, particularly in the first one. Mm. And it it comes across really badly. It looks yeah. bad. It looks horrific. It's not like the Karate Kid, which you know it's quite easy to to do, or boxing, which again is is not not that difficult to recreate, or it's easier to recreate. So. Uh, Re Sorry, I was going to say, on the, I was thinking about this earlier, and, you know, I, I think with baseball and boxing and, uh, you know, I think the, the key thing, like you said, is it's easier to choreograph set pieces because a lot of times yes. it's the feats of individual athletes, whereas, you know, football is, in every sense, it's a team game. Nothing happens in football without there being multiple movements at any point. Yeah. yeah. I believe you, you call it a... a it's what you would describe as a closed skill versus an open skill. So a if you can replicate it like golf or like cricket or like, I mean, obviously within all of these, there's elements of, uh, there's so much, so many variables, but if you're looking at the replicatable skill, then, you know, uh, certainly baseball gives you that boxing is a formulaic because it's, it's based on the whole kind of the movement of both boxes, almost like, 
the antagonist and the agonist sort of thing. But you're right, football is just like impossible to model. And that's why, well, that's why most football games are crap until like FIFA spent all the money on modeling the game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, um, I, yeah. So Gareth, sorry, we'll come back to you. Uh, you were looking at you. You touched upon a list that it sounds like you have, um, or a couple of other films you've highlighted. Where, where else would you go from there? Well, it, it, it's maybe it's a, it's this kind of spoiler jump to the big reveal, but um, I feel you know the best film about football, which which interestingly is you know fully about football, but also ultimately is just about the relationship of two men is, is the damned United, um, which is, uh, you know, a film about, uh, you know, largely Brian Clough's, uh, tenure as manager of Leeds United, but ultimately it's, it's about a relationship between him and, uh, and yeah. Peter Taylor is, uh, you know, his, his longtime number two. And, um, you know, it's, you know, adapted from, you know, a really great book, which I think, you know, a lot of people would have read and, and appreciated. And, that's probably the you know the standout one, but again, even though it is about football people doing football things, ultimately the action elements are you know are just not as important as as the narrative and the drama. Yeah, I, in in that film though, I suppose they have a sort of device, don't they, in which mm. Brian Clough watch doesn't watch a lot of the games. He spends a lot of the time in the dressing room, so he doesn't watch the games. So that they, they don't, you don't really see. Uh, the football being played um that that film i i enjoyed but uh i was such a big fan of the the, the david peace book um which which in itself would be very difficult to recreate uh because it's it's a sort of psychological study isn't it, it it's pretty much clough inside his own mind and a lot of the time in that book, Clough isn't actually doing anything other than sitting and drinking and thinking about what had gone before, mm. uh, which would be very difficult to recreate. So they they made it as as as, as a sunnier film. Um, I think actually one of the reasons why they made it a little bit sunnier was because uh, they received some legal action. What one of uh, well from John Giles, who's one of the players mentioned, so that they had to, and and the Clough family themselves were not too happy. So they had to turn it in a slightly different direction, um, and and the film is successful. Um, but it, it, I, as I say, it would be uh, David Peace. Uh, his his uh, works were recreated in um, the Red Riding series. Obviously, nothing to do with football, and they managed to convey that darkness in that. And it would have been interesting to see if they were able to do that with the Brian Clough story. Uh, but they chose a totally different direction, which, as I say, it works. I remember, I remember um, at the time I was playing for Chesterfield, and I've probably told this story on the podcast before, but it's, it's perfect timing. The fact that during our summer they shot the Damn United at Saltergate uh, because they didn't have to do anything to the ground to age it because it was such a <laughs> shit heap. And I, I say that with all due respect. The only thing they did was paint a little bit of blue and yellow in it, I think, to... To change it, and the actual, you know, that changing room scene that there's like quite dark changing rooms. That was our like weights room. We had like wow. a main changing. Our changing rooms was all right, but we used that room, and that room, and again went in with like they didn't even paint the walls. When Clough, it's got this kind of, I'm sure it's got this kind of dark yellow on the walls, and he's just bollocking the team, and he's having, a, he's like, oh, he's geeing them up, and I was like, my god, I've just been, I've been in there doing training sessions like literally months before, and they've just aged it as something from the seventies. Had, um, have either of you ever seen the uh, sort of very middle of the road, sort of, you know, Friday night after the, the pub film, uh, When Saturday Comes with Sean Bean? Uh, yes, now night. this needs proper, this needs a proper look at, but yes, I mean, John, you, you, this is this is in our sweet spot, isn't it? Is this 95, 96? Yeah. Well, I, I, I can tell you a couple of stories about that, actually. Um, uh, I went to Sheffield University um uh, in 1994 and uh that was when they were making that film uh which is obviously you know it's set around uh sean bean 100 blade which is tattoo says uh, <laughs> is that real yes yeah that is absolutely real oh yeah. sorry yeah. gareth i feel like we've you you just teed us up and we're just oh, no, I'm, I'm sitting back happily yeah. now we'll come and, back onto this <laughs> and um so 
in, in Sheffield, I lived in an area of Sheffield called Broomhall, uh, Broomhill. Lived in Broomhall later. Don't get the two confused. And um, there's a pub there called the York. Um, and uh, most nights of the week, uh, you would see Sean Bean and his fellow actors and crew from uh, that film drinking in the York after they'd finished filming. Uh, so they made it their, their local for the, you know, six weeks or so that they were making that film. Um, and so we would see Sean Bean at the bar in there and uh, never spoke to him, but he was in there most nights. It was, we went in there because no one else went in there. So there was us, me and my mates <laughs> and Sean Bean. But anyway, um, now they, the, the actual action sequences of that film are made, were made um, at uh, Bramall Lane obviously and they were shot before an fa cup tie against manchester united um and they tried to get the man united fans to sort of go along with it and obviously that perhaps didn't go as well as they'd like so there's a bit of booing and all that and i'm sure they had to do some pretty uh clever editing but um the the, the night of that game you might remember the goal actually united won i think only one nil against a fairly decent blades team uh, which would have been a Dave Bassett era, I think. Um, and it's a goal scored by Eric, Eric Cantona. So it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's like January 95. Uh, and it's a, it, you might remember the goal where it was an incredibly windy night and Eric Cantona turns, uses the wind to drift in a chip over the goalkeeper. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then does the green his, and yellow. Well, no, he's wearing uh, it's a blue and white striped shirt. Blue and white. So I was going to say, the kit was the most memorable thing. I loved that kit. It was a very 90s iconic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, but, I mean, the film itself, I mean, I have seen, but it's completely unmemorable, really. It's just sort of classic bloke wants to be good at football, is good at, you know, and then they win big game. It, it's it, 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 There's not much, and there's a bit of a, a love interest. Listen, mate. Don't you knock? Don't you knock young lads coming up through the lower leagues and finding their way in uh, uh, drunkenly in a, in a dressing room and just yes. by pure luck finding themselves a professional footballer? There's a lot of value in that, Joey. Yes, but I'd, I'd be more interested in the documentary of the Martin Gritton story <laughs> than when Saturday comes, uh, as made by my drinking partner uh, Sean Bean. But there you go. I mean, it's probably worth uh, pointing out that essentially it's Sheffield Rocky, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. But 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 the thing is, it's not the quintessential Sheffield film because the Full Monty was made uh, in Sheffield. Um, well, uh, the year after that, in fact. Yeah. Um, so it, it's like a. I'm not sure what was going on in Sheffield. I think there must have been some sort of local arts grant or something like that that meant that quite a lot of films were set in Sheffield around that time which is quite strange for me because I lived there at the time so you, you see these films flash up on on the TV and you think oh I, I know that place um, but yeah um, of the two the Full Monty is the superior product I would say Ooh, uh, and Pete po Pete Weight being perhaps the best cast uh, like non-league football coach slash scout uh, cr like just uh, umbro jacketed, uh, it's just like it's it's the most perfect archetypal football character you could imagine. Yeah, well, I, I was going to say actually, my my favourite uh, football character. Uh, you you may remember this program, Martin. Uh, uh, the manageress featuring Sherry Lungie. Do you remember this? this no. Uh, uh, it was it's about eighty nine ninety. So I'd be you know twelve or thirteen when it was on. Uh, and it's a TV series uh, and in which uh, a, a first division team uh, has a has a manager and it's a it's a woman manager. Now, I think I think the plot line is that she is the daughter of a famous player and knows the game. Um, but uh, in that in, in that her her, her assistant um, is played by a, a, a very good actor called Tom Georgeson, who is. One of the actors that you will see if you watch she sort of various Alan Bleasdale, <laughs> like 1980s gritty drama. And yeah. he plays a character called Eddie Johnson. And he's the coach. And he's the classic hard-bitten coach. Like, you shite hawks. That's <laughs> the thing. 
and uh, yeah, it, 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 amongst me and my mates at school, this was an absolute classic. And it was sort of, I mean, before you had your footballers' wives and your uh, what was the other one? Um, oh, Hotchester uh, United Dream Team. Yeah, it, it was sort of a bit of a prelude to that, a bit classier. Uh, it starred Warren Clark as well. He was the club chairman, and it was just, it was fairly schlocky, but quite, quite, quite well made. Um, it, it made it over two series, but yeah, that and, and and that in itself that worked because I think you saw very little football played in it, and it was just based yeah. around characters. All right, well, listen, that's that's plenty enough for uh, uh, the first half. Well, let's come back because I've got a couple more points on uh, when Saturday. Uh, was it when Saturday comes? Was I right there? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. God, yeah, there we are. I've got a couple more on that, uh, uh, and plus uh, some additional. Well, we've got plenty of places to go. Speech after break. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. All right, welcome back for the second half. Um, the, the reason I want to stick on when Saturday comes is because there's a couple of brilliant cameos in this one as well. I love the fact that they've got... It doesn't, isn't Tony Curry playing himself in this one? Yes. And he doesn't... He, he feels like he has to act. And that's the most brilliant... It's the most footballery thing ever. It's like it's like a slightly hammy version of Tony Curry played by Tony Curry. Well, on a, on a related note, uh, what I found really strange is, do you know who plays the the captain of Sheffield United? Oh my god! Um, oh, again, it's, isn't that an old legend player? It is, but from the wrong side of the city. It's Mel <laughs> Sterling. Wow. Who Zico? Uh, Zico, as he's known in Leeds. Yeah, as far as I understand, never played for Sheffield United. Obviously, is you know associated with Wednesday through and through with those Wednesday, two, uh, yeah. cup finals and 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 more. And so, yeah, just a very very strange thing. That's absurd. I um, that's funny. The, the there's a, obviously the couple of lads that have been on the pod before. Um, you know, Dan Trelfer and um, John Smith, who wrote book. They've got some great stories on Mel Sterling from his. His autobiography is called something like uh, Boozing, Betting and Brawling. Mm. And uh, it's like, but he was a legend. He likes he used to score for fun from fullback. And I'm sure he looked, he always looked old when he played, didn't yeah. he? I mean, that was one of the things. So the fact that he plays, a, I don't know, this must have been the end of his career as well. But yeah, I mean, perfectly, perfectly cast in terms of the aggro, because he gives him a lot of shit, doesn't he? I think um, when he's a young player coming through. Yeah. And then, um, but he's got no right to excuse a Sheffield Wednesday legend. Um, let's well, let's move on, uh, Gareth. What else you got on your list? Because I'm I'm more intrigued by that. I've got a couple of things down on mine, but uh, what, what else did you mark? Uh, well, one of the sort of lesser known films, which was actually quite a sort of a bigger Hollywood budget, is a, a film called Shot at Glory, uh, which uh, stars unexpectedly Ali McCoist. Oh uh, God. Why did it, you pick that? Alan McCoyston, Robert Duval, is that and right? Robert Duval. <laughs> um, what? He's what is the, this? The big draw, and this is a. Uh, so it's it's a classic. You know, Alan McCoyst plays the aging legend brought into a smaller club uh, in the in in the in the second tier, um, and the subplot is that the the American new American owner of the club wants to relocate the Scottish club at uh, Kilnocky. Uh, from base <laughs> to Dublin, which obviously was very much based around the uh, the, the Wimbledon yeah. situation back in the mid nineties, and um, the most surprising thing is that Ali McCoy does a really genuinely good job. 
like I would recommend people watching it for his uh, for his turn as the uh, yeah the uh, aging striker. Oh, and Michael Keaton's in it as well. What? Mm-hmm. What? Is that film not? It's called it's called another title, isn't it? I think it's called The Cup in America or something like that. Or it's got one title in America and another in the in the UK. Right, right, right. I don't I don't think it is you know remembered for smashing box office records um again it's one of those films that would suddenly appear late on a sunday night on bbc one that you know you just i've watched probably inebriated and not really taken in um but yeah coisty coisty who actually another man i saw in a pub this says quite a lot about me doesn't it um (laughs) there's a lot about them yeah well no actually i mean i saw coisty um I, I went to the uh, now much uh, discussed Pet Cheltenham Festival, and uh, like like us actually, uh, he Coisty was socially distancing in a pub where nobody was apart apart from us. So yeah, I always choose the empty pubs, and when I go into them, there's always a celeb in there. So you know, there you go. There's an art form to that. Yeah. Sorry, remind me. That was called a shot. A shot at glory. Yes. Right, I'm, I'm definitely watching that. I mean, I, I loathe Ali. You can find it on uh, a good copy on YouTube very easily. And it's, I mean, again, I, I would never claim that it's an excellent film or a particularly good film, but it is, it's not an embarrassingly bad film. And, it, you know, it, it moves along quite nicely. And like I said, you know, uh, McCoy does, does good work. Well, I'd be remiss to, if I didn't come in here with, uh, one of my favourite films growing up, partly because it was played in our house at least once a week um, between either me, my brother, and my sister, which shows you the shows you the cross the, the, the cross demographic love for this film. I'm pl- I'm a folks to be fair. Uh, Gregory's Girl from 1981. Do you remember that? Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, just um, sublime. Uh, it's it, it is it is fantastic. Um, it's a film a bit like you sort of not not similar, but a bit like you, you're with Nail and I, where it's known for its various one-liners, isn't it? it this yeah. great stuff. Um, uh, and John Gunn Sinclair, isn't it? Who uh, yes, the, who is the, the main actor, and of course he uh, was the guy that sang the 1982 uh, Scot- uh, Scotland World Cup song. Um, what? What? Oh yes, go on. Sorry, yeah, is this yeah. is this Ali's army or no? You're coming. No, I what? can't remember. It's it's. I've seen. That it, it's well, like all of the songs of the time, it has. It, it's it, he he's he's singing it, and then you know the likes of Willie Miller and uh, Morris yeah. Malpass, Morris Malpass, David Nery, or yeah, the boys, the lads, the boys, and Alan Ruff. Uh, <laughs> uh, Apparently, uh, the song was called "We Have a Dream." Yes. yes. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. I mean, could you be? Oh, that's even more depressing. I. I'll I'll just say I love the fact because he he even plays the anti-hero. It's like this. We're not anti-hero. Just the just the he's such an odd character in the film, which made it brilliant because it was like this is about him, and it's the films like Gregory's Girl. So then the girl's like, and the girl's got no interest in him. It's implausibly put together, and the teachers take the piss out of the kid, and then there's little kids that are like little middle-aged men that knock about these. (laughs) <laughs> these housing estates in Glasgow cracking onto birds, but then making the ah, oh, just it's sublime. I, I mean, it, Bill Forsyth is just peerless in that period. I think for you know, yeah. he, he was just came out. There was a there was a film called That Sinking Feeling with the same cast, which is just another just. Well, it, what? It's, it's got Claire Grogan, who uh, oh. to, to to men of a certain age, which is actually a bit older than me and you, actually, Martin. You know, Claire Grogan is the you know, the absolute, uh, you know, pin-up girl, wasn't she? Are you um, saying there's a chance? The girl, the girl next door, um, <laughs> and she was in Altered Images as well, of course, but she, uh, another another football yeah. link, a, a pop, pop football and pop link, uh, she, uh, but yeah, um, but my memory is of him, John Gunn Sinclair, trying to speak Italian, which is just sort of, <laughs> bella, 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 and... Tello, uh, <laughs> tello. <laughs> and, and also the um, of the time in 1980, uh, and it's a bit like the sort of uh, um, Rodney Trotter does this as well. Like if, you, if you're if you're if you're heading out uh, to look your best, 
the, the only thing you can wear is a white jacket on top of you. <laughs> <laughs> what was it about the white jacket in 1980? I don't know, but it... it, um, it oh, it's so true. Uh, brilliantly put. I quite like there's a, the, the best thing about the football scenes in that, because I was so young growing up in Glasgow, I never got to play in them, but the red ash pitches... Oh yeah, and the red you know red ash pitch is famous for take uh, take your kneecap off as quickly as it would let you strike a ball on it. But you could just, I mean, it was punishing for the goalkeepers. And John Gordon Sinclair plays a keeper in that, or he ends up going in goal because there's no other position for him. And it's just the most punishing of positions on that. It's like three G looks like an absolute bed of marshmallows compared to that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that one and uh, that that uh, that school that they're at. Um, which a bit like uh, one in Kess, which I think we, we we may mention. That looks the grimmest place in the world, doesn't it? And the the school, the classrooms, and yeah. I mean, it just. Ugh. Well, that's it. I mean, that that period of Glasgow. That's exactly how I remember it. And uh, um, you you talk of that though. I mean, let's let's come on to the scene from Kes because I just doing. I mean, the fact I didn't realise. I mean, what that's nineteen sixty nine. I I know it down as. Yes. 1969, yeah. Is yeah. that his first film? No, he had done... I mean, he'd made um, other stuff before. Um, I think Kathy Come Home, which is a famous play for today, I think is Ken Loach. He'd made The yeah. Golden Vision, which is another football film, which is based around... Uh, a, a, what was it? A, around an Everton legend. Um, and, you know, it's it sort of interspersed with fans... Uh, and uh, yeah, so yeah, but yeah, I think it's his first feature film. It's his first feature film, and uh, I think the Guardian did a list of Ken Loach's greatest films, and this was like this came first. And uh, wow. and, I, and and I've seen most of Ken Loach's films, and I totally agree with it. Uh, I've even got the soundtrack on vinyl just in front of me here. It's absolutely fantastic film, uh, and and the book as well, uh, Castle for a Name by Castle for a Name by. Barry Hines is fantastic as well. Um, for, 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 for a man like me that loves his gritty northern realism, having lived in London for 20 years, uh, it's, it's uh, it, yeah, it can't be beat. And this scene in particular, the one with Brian Glover, is absolutely sensational. And it's it, it's like a caricature. Of- well, talk us through it, John. Talk us, because I'm sure the listeners probably, well, we're, t- we're talking about Kez. And we're yes. talking about a scene within that. Yeah, well, well Brian, Brian Glover uh, is the uh, is, is the, the teacher, and of course, he's playing football with a group of kids who really cannot be bothered to play football. And uh, the, the main character, uh, Billy Casper, um, uh, is is just swinging off the goalpost because he's just completely uninterested in this this charade. But um, and, and I think we've all had this, haven't we, at school, particularly like when I was a younger lad at school, the teachers would love playing football with the kids because it would just absolutely destroy them and be good and be much better. And um, but, but it is an amazing, I think it's Brian Glover's first acting role as well. He'd been a, a minor um, and Brian Glover um, essentially uh, acts out the fact that he is Bobby Charlton wearing a Manchester United red shirt. Obviously, it could be the shirt of Barnsley as well at the same time. But he runs around and commentates this game. Uh, and uh, does he die for a penalty at a certain point? Oh. <laughs> I, I, I can't remember. I'm, I, should, I need a but rewatch of this. There's, there's, some, there's, some, there's some distinctly dodgy refereeing, which he, of course, is the referee as well. And it's it's just a perfect sequence. And it, it, it's, you know, like many of the greatest British, it's that sort of British sense of humour that we have about someone being really puffed up beyond their uh, beyond their actual ken. So you, you um, so like your your Derek Trotter, like your Basil Fawlty, like your uh, David. I've gone it. Yeah, yeah. That just sort of being getting above themselves, and it, it's a classic segue of someone doing that. And uh, you know, and also of the of the of the slight insanity that that quite a lot of teachers seem to uh, um, get possessed by when playing sport with with kids who are you know 20 30 years younger than them yeah absolutely gareth have you seen that one 
You know what? I've never seen Kez, and I was almost afraid to admit that on here, but uh, I should I should definitely put it on the uh, on the on the list. Good honesty, it's a safe space. Where else? Where else you got in your list? Let's do. Let's cover one more because I I'd say let's take we can take this into a second week potentially because I've still got a few random more like weird things on my list. But um, uh, if you've got any more for this week, let us know. So I, I guess the I mean I wasn't say so. It's interesting. It seems I, I was sort of you know going through a sort of filmography by by day and. There, between the, sort of the mid '90s and the mid 2000s, we were averaging a couple of football films a year, and then just nothing. It's like they just gave up. Um, there, there, you know, essentially, there's not really been any since the Down United, which was I think 2008, 2009. But uh, also, kind of at the start of the period, and I guess the other one worth noting is uh, is Fever Pitch, um, uh, which yeah. I think came out to some degree of anticipation because obviously. The book was so phenomenally successful. Um, great show, great show, yeah. And it's you know I, I've got to say actually of all of those, uh, it's probably the most disappointing film. So I, I think in my head I, it was going to be a good film, but I think it ended up being made with maybe a, a lower budget than you would you know had hoped for. The acting cast is 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 fine, but it's not stellar. I mean, Colin Firth is obviously a a huge star and he, he he did play the the lead but beyond that it was uh fairly slim pickings and uh i guess like for me the the, the final ignominy is when they started filming it um they had been uh already started renovating the the, the terracing in highbury so they actually filmed most of the scenes at craven cottage you know essentially a film that is completely about one club and oh. experiences in the stands of one club and then they go and do it you know the other side of the town right it's 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 i mean it's colin firth before he became really famous isn't it it's sort of ahead of his um but it's got that um it's got that slightly 90s touch to it hasn't it uh of the romantic film uh slightly four weddingsy a bit sort of richard (laughs) curtis a bit like uh, a, a bit like uh, it's probably made before this, but it's around the same time. Uh, one of the worst films, actually, of all time, uh, Sliding Doors. That sort of <laughs> yeah. that, that sort of slightly chintzy, middle classy Laura Ashley sort of, you know, um, and the book itself, um, which which is you know. It, is a very good read and it's one that i read pretty much cover to cover um and you know nick hornby has actually become very successful elsewhere beyond that um but it, it it's it, it's actually you know it, the, the, the fever pitch itself is something that is is disliked by a certain tranche of football fans because they think it it played such a part in making the game middle class and so on, um, which I think there's possibly something to that. Yeah. Uh, but the film itself could not be more middle class in that sort of uh, Richard Curtis style, really. Um, I mean, you assume that they, you know, the first ask was Hugh Grant, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, who can we get to play the role? Why it's got to be Hugh. Well, he, he is a big Fulham fan. So there you go. Yeah, it might, it might, might have suited him. Um, I mean, actually, I think I think actually Colin, Colin Firth sort of works because he's sort of you know slightly beery, normalish bloke, and it sort of works in that regard. It's it's not particularly successful. No, um, I think Jonathan Wilson actually, uh, the writer was telling me he quite liked that film, which I was quite surprised by. Um, it's it's okay but it's it's very much of that mid-90s thing uh which is which of course it started of footy uh you know i've said this before it's not a word that i like being <laughs> acceptable uh amongst the chattering classes uh whereas you know if you're a, a, a misanthropic person like me you preferred it in the dark days of the 1980s but there you go um but it, it's it, it yeah, I think Gareth summed it up well. It it just doesn't really get there, um, and and the story. I think the story itself is 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 based, isn't it? I mean, I mean, what's the, the thing is, 
again, we know what happens because the climax of the film is... Michael Thomas, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Now, it can't be as good as watching Michael Thomas score that goal, uh, which I did, you Speak know... yourself. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it, it, well that, I mean, you know, that uh, amongst them... You know, it, that that night itself was absolutely incredible. You know, no, nothing is really, maybe Sergio Aguero, but nothing has really come close to that. Mm. So it's pretty difficult for somebody to make a film that carries up that off, I would say, um, to carry the emotion of that night. Um, very difficult indeed. Um, yeah. And not and not and not sell it in to those fans. It's not again. You're right. It was packaged up. It feels like a vehicle for the middle classes. Uh, um, but then again, sometimes so do Arsenal. You know. So um, uh, yeah, it could it could only be Arsenal, really. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think we I think for this week, let's leave that there. I definitely want to pick up on that. There's a couple more things. Uh, if you guys are welcome to join me again next week, if you're available. But so, um, I would like to throw out, uh, you know. An in-pod editorial uh, meeting suggestion. Go on. Save but what I'd love to do, you know, next time we can all convene is is talk about some football documentaries, which is where Ooh, the truth yes. to the game comes out. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I I I, I think the point I've been trying to make throughout this long ramble of mine uh, is that yes, the documentaries managed to convey it. Um, and, and again, it's by telling the actual stories of footballers themselves or the context. I just think that, that, that sport and football, it's very difficult to make it work it, in mm. film. It has been successful a couple of times, but not enough compared, you know, the strike rate is not great, is it? Listen, lads, if, I'd wanted, if we wanted the whistleblowers to be highbrow, we'd be get commode on here, right? Now, you two are here to chew through the fodder, the absolute cannon fodder with me. But no, listen, let's come on to that, because uh, if we can convince Leon to drag us out for a little bit longer, I definitely think we should go through uh, some football docs, because, um, as you say, it'll be pleasurable viewing, doing some research, right. and, and also a little bit more um, appropriate. Anyway, right, so I uh, will speak to you both. Uh, what are you up to at the minute, guys? Are you both uh, still in status at the minute, Gareth? Uh, very much so. Uh, getting to quite a nice point where lots of the artists we're working with are making records and preparing music for when they oh, wow. come out into the world. So it's always the most fun bit because, you know, it's all very exciting. Everything's fresh and new. So basically loading up the... Uh, Loading up the cannons for for the next twelve months. Lovely, uh, JB. What are you up to, mate? Not much. Um, <laughs> just waiting for stuff to start happening again. I suppose um, it yeah. is. Yeah, as I said, uh, this week uh, has felt like the one where nothing is happening, um, and that's probably that's perhaps a good thing because uh, uh, when you get bored with it with a crisis like this, it perhaps shows that. Maybe things are calming down a bit. Let's hope that's the case. Yeah, no, very good point. Very good point. All right, gents, listen, thanks very much for joining me. Uh, uh, that was a whistleblower. Thanks, Chris. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.